0: Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe.
1: Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to gym owners who are in the trenches, doing work, changing lives in their area. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with my guests, owners of CrossFit, and Leah and Lee, how are you doing today?
2: doing good
1: doing good glad to be on awesome i'm excited to have you guys on had a good little chat before we before we hit the record button a lot to go over with whatever time we can so let's hop right into it tell us about crossfit ammo what you're all about down there and alan
3: we all i'll start uh we started our gym about 10 years ago um started it out of a garage and uh just with the idea of, uh, we love to work out. So why not have a few friends over and do the same? And then we watched that grow to about 55 members. And then we purchased our first facility. And, uh, man, after that, it was all about just trying to grow the business. And, uh, we built it just based on the community and we've kind of held to that for the 10 years is just keeping that community strong. And, uh, That is really kind of where it all began. Awesome. So you
1: guys have been doing this for for about 10 years, and you've gone through a few different uh, buildings, a few different stages of the life cycle. So that's the first thing I want to talk about. The first move was obvious because the town said, you guys are too big to be working out in the garage. So you had to find a spot. Then from there... You went from, I think you said a 900 square foot facility, then you knocked down a wall and got bigger. So one of the things that we get asked a lot is how do you know when it's time to go to a bigger space? At what point do you feel comfortable enough? There's always some risk involved. Like, so can you take me through, um, you know, whatever, as much as you can remember, because I know it's been a while, your thought processes and what made you push over the edge, the, the times that you've either expanded, moved or both?
3: We we uh, we started with a pretty we we made a list of kind of the things we were gonna do when we started this, um, and one of the first things we said, and uh, look at I mean I still I, th- I still make the same decision, but we were never gonna take a loan. So everything we were gonna do was just gonna be step by step, member by member, and we kind of grew as the gym grew. Uh, so we started with a kettlebell and uh, two barbells, and we maybe had maybe had a set of 300 pounds of plates um and, and we just pull and a pull up bar yeah and it was uh we would make a list each month of new things that we wanted to add to the gym and then we also made there's a list our goal was 35 people before we were going to start looking at another space right from, that was the very first goal kind of right from the beginning uh and so when we got to 55 we hit 35 early and then we knew we were gonna have to start looking for a facility Um, early on it was just we just looked for the the cheapest and uh, most accessible thing that we could get us out of the garage and so that was why we left that 900 square foot space but once we did that we kind of re uh we we, kind of made a new set of goals and the goal was 100 100 people um before we were going to start to look at another expansion and we hit that pretty quick and so that the first three years we really were never making any money. It was just growing the gym. Um, And it, and it grew really quickly um, because we went from that garage to about 4,000 square feet in those three years. Um, But, but it all kind of started with just original goals with memberships and uh, with equipment. And then once we would hit those, we would try to add additional stuff.
1: I love that approach and I, I don't want it to get lost in there. So Everything that you've done has been basically on a cash basis as you felt you were ready. You guys never took out a big loan, never went into any real debt as far as your expansions. You took it as if we're ready to grow, that means we can afford to do it. And if not, we need to step back and look and wait a little bit. But it's really just been on cash flow over the last 10 years.
3: Yeah. And uh, there's definitely been moments where we wanted to kind of jump in and maybe make some bigger purchases, maybe make, uh, I I guess, a little more risky decisions. But uh, it it just worked kind of with the way we were set up just by memberships, uh, you know, member by member. It just kind of worked well with, as our cash flow grew, we tried to grow with it. Um, And we still do that to this day. Uh, We still reinvent, we make sure that our members... See us developing the gym, Um, and that's a big thing. Like we're always trying to every six months we're adding or changing something within the gym, just to make it have that same new exciting feeling. And it shows that we care about the growth of the gym. Um, And so we've kind of followed that all the way for the for the whole ten years.
4: Yeah,
3: yeah. That's I think that it's not the only way to do it, but certainly um,
1: it's a way where you it takes away some of you know the fear. Some of you know the the operating from a position of scarcity. Sometimes where if you know, you know, when it comes down to it, I own all this equipment. It's mine. Nobody's going to take that away from me. I'm not putting the business in jeopardy. I'm not necessarily putting my personal or business credit on the line for these big purchases that might just, in most cases, be a shiny object that we we all want. I mean, it's yeah. it's great to think like, hey, you could take out a loan and get. 10 GHDs and you know, 10 of whatever the newest concept two thing is. And yeah, I'll pay it back eventually, but it it really once you bought it, it's like opening up all your gifts on Christmas morning, like it's it's 15, 20 minutes of fun, and then then you're over it anyway. But but when you're taking out a big loan, now you have everything at once, and then you got a bill for the next three years. So there's definitely a different way to look at it. So the other thing that goes in with this for you guys is this is a it's a full time career for both of you right now. What were the stages of that for you? What were you doing along the way? If you don't mind sharing you know, what your decision making process was there. I'm assuming when you were you know, working out of the garage, it probably wasn't a full time you know, career gig for both of you. So what were the points there for the two of you and how did you figure that out? I'll go first. Cause yeah.
3: yours comes in. I'm
2: different. Uh, yeah. I come in later.
3: Right. <laughs> it, so my, my sister, she was the other owner early. She was a teacher. Um, and then I had a business that we installed furniture across Texas, like in, in local, in schools. Um, and so it got to where they both grew kind of together. And so, but it got to the point where I was losing a 10, like one had to sacrifice, uh, time from the other one. And so I had to make that decision, um, with that, that was about five years ago. And that's actually how I met Leah. And that's kind of where she came into the whole picture. But um, we knew we had reached a point where if we wanted to continue to grow the gym, we had to be full-time just because it was, it kind of plateaued at about, it was probably about 150 members. We had just been stuck there probably for like three to four years. And uh, we knew if we wanted to do that, we needed to make some additional changes, uh, bring on a kid's program at that time. Um, And then we just, changed up the schedule to where it was fully devoted to growing CrossFit Ammo. Um, and then that was when I met Leah. And then that's yeah. when we got, she became a part of the gym and I'll kind of let her tell her side yeah. of that story.
2: I was, uh, I was fresh out of college. and uh, Ammo was actually my very first gig or my first job out of college. Uh, I was actually going to get my master's in kinesiology. And so I was living in the area and I was, I joined CrossFit Ammo as just a member And I was always in the gym in between classes. What else am I going to do? I lived with my grandparents for a little bit. So I was bored. So I just, I was a gym rat. And so Erin, my sister-in-law was uh, presenting the options. She asked if I would ever be interested in coaching CrossFit. And I had done CrossFit before, obviously, before I even came here. And uh, it was always in the back of my mind to be a coach. And so when she presented that and asked me to shadow her, that was basically, that was it. I was hooked. I started shadowing. I became a coach and Ammo never got rid of me. I just kept growing with Ammo, became the head coach there. And then, uh, I guess through the years, my relationship with Lee developed. And then we, you know, that's all she wrote. We became married and now I'm an owner. So kind of started at the very beginning as just a member. So that was also a cool thing too. I got to see CrossFit ammo as a member before I was able to get into that head coach position and then that owner status.
1: Yeah. And you get to see what it was like to work together before you got married. Yes. That was crucial.
2: That was big. Yeah. yeah. That can really changed change
1: <laughs> <together. laughs> That was a... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's that's a that's a big thing. So so it was it was gradual. Uh, there were some stages of it. You know, everybody's got their own different journey there. And it's, it's good to hear, you know, how, how it comes to be for, uh, for everybody. You know, there's always, there's always different flavors and, and twists and turns there. So um, nowadays, you guys have, you've grown it, you know, member by member, jump by jump. Um, and where you stand now is you're in a, what, 50, 54, 5,500 square foot retail
3: center space. Yeah, it's, uh, it's like right at, right under 5,400. Uh, and it's yeah. just in, in a retail shop. Um, but, but it was nothing before, uh, which was great. So it was just kind of a blank uh, sheet of paper that we got to create the gym we wanted. Um, and so that was fun. That was something yeah, that was we cool. had never done. Uh, like when we moved into the smaller facilities, it was still, we were still so limited on equipment. It just, it always kind of expanded like month by month we just kind of it grew but this one we had everything and we were able to kind of develop exactly what we wanted our gym to look like and that was that was a fun process um something we had never done uh, yeah. on that scale let your imagination go wild there yeah absolutely
2: we moved the rig around like so, five- it's- <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: yeah, I've been there and done that. And it's it's always right until you set it up, and then it could just be a little bit better.
2: yep,
1: <laughs> uh, but to have the freedom to do that. So, as far as where you are with um the business, the logistics of coaching, what are you I know you guys both still actively coach. How many other coaches do you have, and how many total clients do you have? So we've got
3: there's uh, four different coaches that coach anywhere from two to 12 hours a week and that's totally um it's totally up to them they all have other jobs uh so they are kind of in control of their schedule they just relay it to us a month in advance and then we work around we work around it um right now we have 186 clients uh and so that number has finally started to grow um just over the past probably six months. Uh, But there was definitely, it it went from, you know, consistently being about 220 to uh, about 120 uh, really quickly. And so then just over the last two years, um, we've just had to adjust some things and get creative, but uh, it's now being built back up. Uh, But yeah, as of like today, it's 186. And most of that
1: to do with COVID and restrictions and shutdown, stuff like that, or yeah was there anything else
3: it was no it was the
2: it was covid whenever we had a shutdown
3: yeah march 2020 um it just that that's when we took the big i mean as everybody did we were fortunate enough to live in texas uh to where it was just a two-month shutdown and then we were able to at least at some form be able to open and operate
1: yeah absolutely so as far as your. You guys are still. It sounds like you have the intention to to always be at least somewhat involved in the coaching day to day operations, getting real face time with the members. It's not for you so much about hire out all of our classes to other coaches and then just like being in an office or you know do something else. Like it sounds like you guys are both still really motivated by being involved with the member base. Is that the case?
3: Yeah, uh, Yeah. we we both have a uh, eventually like down the line, I could see us definitely getting to the point where it's all it's all led by their coaches. Um, Right now, we're at kind of a season of life. She still uh, has dreams and these goals of competing at the CrossFit Games. Um, And I still compete in uh, in ultra marathons. Um, So with our schedule and with our kind of outside of CrossFit, our goals, um, owning the gym and kind of running it this way where members are, uh, I guess they're daily seeing us put in the work, not just within the facility, but just with our own personal goals. um, It kind of makes it where it's like we're all in this little thing together. Yeah. Uh,
2: They see us grinding and so they're kind of get motivated to do the same and it kind of creates a good little bond too
3: yeah but but just it's just kind of where we're at in in, in this little phase of life um it's really fun for us to still be a part of that coaching uh daily um but eventually we will move away from that just not cool Cool. (laughs) that totally cool so
1: the last question that i have um actually I guess it's kind of a, a a two-parter is one is more of a statement. I think one of the things we established is that for you, you find it useful. All of your coaches have a little niche or a little specialty above and beyond just personality, right? You have uh, a massive group. Some of some who have uh, different coaching characteristics, things that they specialize. Um, has that been more on purpose or just coincidence by who decided that they wanted to coach like how much of that is by design for you
2: i, f- I feel like it's kind of it there was a coincidence but also uh i mean you see they're all members as well so that's the cool thing too you see them as a member you see what their passions are uh for example the one that's uh ha- she's Endurance, she's into stretching, she's stretched uh certified. She was a member and we started talking to her, like, hey, you would be great in the group setting. And so we kind of brought her up by design. Uh, and the others were I feel like more coincidental. We kind of lucked out and had great members that cared and wanted to coach, but they also had that that special
3: niche. Yeah, that uh it, it was a little combination of both. Uh the they they all they're all so different but we definitely like with jen she was intentional uh we knew we needed another female uh just as another female coach and then we definitely wanted her to have more of a like a mobility mind to where people could go to her with questions um to where it's not like interfering the other coach that may be on duty um and then that, that way she had like a kind of a direct role of Knowing, hey, if you got any additional I- issues that you want to work on, Jen is the person that you can go and ask um, and speak to. And then uh, we also have another coach that is certified and like, uh, like not certified. He's just very passionate towards the nutrition. Um, and so a lot of people would utilize him for uh, different nutritional questions. Leah, she's also sort of uh, that's her big thing. So when anybody like wants to look for any different like eating plans or anything regarding nutrition, it's Leah or Matt that kind of answers those questions. Um, So there there, there was a little bit of coincidence, but then we kind of each person still has their own little like defined role and defined like niche that they're a part of. Got it. And you really kind of led right into the next thing that I was
1: curious about you started talking about nutrition a little bit. That's something that you get into. And I think before we hopped on, you were talking uh, about maintaining some sort of uh, store and supplement sales. So how do those other services tie into revenue stream, added value for clients outside of the typical CrossFit group fitness model? How do you attack that?
2: I, I don't want to suggest or sell things that I don't believe in or that I currently don't take or know nothing about. And so I find brands that I am that I am uh, for and I find, uh, well, shirts. I mean, that's a different role, but uh, you know, the cute you got to look cute, but we don't want to suggest things that we're not passionate about or we don't believe in. And so I think that ties into CrossFit isn't just in the gym it's also what you put in the hours outside of the gym and so that's where the supplements tie in the nutrition things like that that we add on to the group classes to just enhance their overall lifestyle not just their fitness and so uh, the retail side of things that's what I like to control because it's also I'm I'm also at, trying to compete at a high level so I also know what makes my body feel good in the middle of a workout. And so that's what we use for our members as well. It's just, we go off of what we believe in and what we know.
3: And it's like, uh, it's not a large amount of like our monthly income. No. But it's, there's definitely like peaks. Like when we do large uh, like uh, t-shirts, we'll do that four times a year. And you'll see at the, like, whenever those get released, there's always, I mean, it's a good way to make additional income. And it's very, very easy. Uh, Just got to be a little creative and then time it before the summer, before winter. Uh, We we try to just time those shirts, like little spots to where, you know, there's a little bit of a need. Uh, And then the supplements, it almost, uh, I mean, there's a little bit of a profit, but it's mainly just making it really easy. I mean, everything's pretty easy now, but it's, it makes it easy for the members to just walk in, pick exactly what they want. They get billed at the end of the month. So they just grab their product and then they write it down. And so it's, it's too easy to not do it. Uh, but it's not something that we're like dependent on for uh, like that monthly income. All right. And then I think
1: the only thing that we didn't touch on there um, and it's it's kind of it can be controversial I think in the CrossFit model. So, um, do you guys do any personal training? And if so, how much how much interest do you have in it versus how much
3: interest your clientele have? We we used to do a lot more of it, uh, and then it it got to where I felt like CrossFit. We kind of designed our gym based on the group fitness uh based on the community classes and it got to a point where we, we would have like 3 maybe 3 people in there doing like personal training with some coaches but i felt like it started taking away um from that the community aspect of the gym so now we we call it open uh we call it the range and it's like a designated area of the gym where it's always open um, and so even as the group classes are going, individuals can utilize that, but it's still a part of their membership. And if they want like an additional program, they can like purchase, uh, like the program, but we really don't do personal, like hour to hour personal training anymore. Um, it's mainly those people are paying their grouply membership. If they want the add-on, they could add on an additional specialty program, um, but we want to get them to the point where they're still able to kind of do it on their own apart, uh, kind of separately from the group classes. And that model for us has worked a lot better with our current space. Um, and it's allowed us to continue to not let the group class get interfered with. If that answers it. Awesome. That's It's not just an off
1: the cuff. We don't do that. Answer is there's a lot of thought behind it. Some some trial and error and just finding what works best in your model is always going to be the right, right thing for your business. It sounds like you guys are, Hey, we tried it. This is how we felt. This didn't fit with who we want to be. So we moved away from it and, and then we'll go from there. So I like it. And I I appreciate you giving a a well thought out response to that. So um, as we go into, you know, we're, we're a couple of weeks into 2022 and, you know, big topics for everybody are always you know what are your plans for the year you know what are your goals benchmarks for you know for the new calendar year so do you guys have any any specific milestones goals projects that you set forth like hey you know by this time by the end of the year by this time you know 2023 rolls around we want to do xyz do you have anything big on your radar for this year
3: Man, the biggest kind of touches bait back on uh, that initial question. We we want to get to where at the end of this year we're not coaching, uh, and so we like it's 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 not our last hurrah, but it's like this is kind of we're gonna enjoy this year. We're gonna enjoy every class we coach because by the end of this year, we want to have it to where it's just a fully operating Lee and Lear behind the scenes. But CrossFit Ammo still exists, and that community still is intact. Um, but that—that's kind of that. That's, that's December, December thirty first, yeah, twenty twenty two is 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 our is, with our gym. That that's definitely the goal. Awesome, awesome.
1: You guys got a lot of stuff going on, so I can see where you'd at least want that freedom to where. I can picture that you'd still might want to come in and coach when you felt like it, when you wanted to, you know, maybe come in and and tag out one of your other coaches be like, Hey, you know, let me take over this class, but don't want to be officially on the schedule. Is that kind of
3: the ideal setup for you? Yeah. Yeah. Like we'll still hundred percent, we'll still be up there. Uh, But, but it's going to be really, fun to just see like those classes operate operate without without one of us having to be there we'll we'll always be there yeah uh i I mean you know whether it's monday tuesday wednesday you know lee and lee will be at the uh but eventually we want to get to where that place is
2: running without us
3: running without us
2: with us in the background
3: (laughs) absolutely
1: All right. So last big question, and this can be, you guys can have the same answer. You can, you can kind of take a crack at it each yourself. Uh, This is going to be just personal entrepreneurial journey, business owner experience. You, I know um, you've been doing this now going on 10 years or five and then 10, but altogether uh, 10 years of experience in this. So for our listeners and for yourself, if there's something you think you could go back, and tell your younger self that you think would be helpful, or a big lesson that you think that you've learned that you wish you did sooner. Is there anything that stands out that's, you know, been a lesson or a guiding principle uh, in, in being where you are today?
3: First, Man, uh, there's a lot. I, I mean, for, for me, it's always been, if if you, I mean, it's simple, but like, if you want to do something, um, just like do it. Like, Don't, don't, don't wait. Don't hold back. But, but like, if you have the a goal or something, whether it's, you know, whether it's towards the gym or not, uh, make sure you, you, you do it. Um, because I feel like just looking back, there's a lot of things we waited on, uh, where eventually we did them. And it was like, man, why didn't we not do that sooner? Um, so it's just like really just, just taking action, uh, especially if it's something that you're passionate about, uh, and, and, and I, I, yeah, I just would not wait on, on just, uh, just certain things. I would just make sure I just took action a little bit sooner.
2: Um, piggybacking off of that, mine's more emotional, I guess. <laughs> uh, and it ties into, I mean, honestly, life in general, but, uh, the journey and the process, It's not always rainbows and butterflies, no matter where you're at. So just learning to love the journey and love the process and just remember why from the get-go, remembering your why and why you started the business and why we want ammo to succeed the way we do, Uh, just not losing sight of that and uh, just continuing along that journey while keeping that why in sight uh, would be something I would just prepare myself for in the beginning. Just be like, always remember your why.
1: Those those two real good ones. And you could easily tie them in together, right? If you never lose sight of your why, if something feels like like it's in line with it and you need to do it, there's no time like the present. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Just do it. Awesome, awesome. Well, I think that's a great note to end off on here. Last thing before we let you guys go, if uh, any of our listeners out there, gym owners, Coaches, people want to talk shop, anybody's looking for more info on you, on ammo, where can we find you?
2: You can find us at our website at CrossFitAmmo.com or Instagram. I'm the social media girl. Uh, So CrossFit Ammo on Instagram, uh, as well as Facebook. We have both of those platforms. Uh, But, yeah, any of those three options and you'll reach us.
1: Awesome. Well, I appreciate you two being here today. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for taking a little bit of time out of your day for us.
3: Of course. Thanks for having us. Appreciate it. Thank
1: thank you. And to everyone out there listening, as always, we appreciate you. Thanks for spending some time with us today. We hope you found value in this episode. And If you want to hear more, click that subscribe button. If you want to be on the show, click the link in the description, fill out the form. Someone from the team will get with you as soon as possible. We'll get you on.
0: You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview.
5: What's up, Gym Lords? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. My name is Bree. I'll be your host today, and I am here with Gunny from G Fit Nola in New Orleans. Louisiana. What's up, Gunny? How are you today?
4: I'm good, Bree. How are you? Thanks for having me.
5: Doing well. Thank you. We're excited to have you here. Thanks for joining us. All right. So let's jump right into the details. What is it that made you want to own your own facility?
4: Oh, um, you know, I never really wanted to own my own facility. Uh, I was an active duty Marine for 16 and a half years. I got into this personal training thing Um, That I started doing my last couple of years on active duty and, you know, just a lot of praying and a lot of, you know, soul searching. And I decided to exit the Marine Corps and become, a you know, just an exercise physiologist all by itself. So I finished my college degree. I was working in a couple of different gyms and I just it was always a money thing with the owners, you know, as far as what percentage do they rate versus what I get. Um, It was always a marketing issue because as a trainer, I never felt like the gyms ever marketed me. You know, we always marketed their brand. We always pushed for their membership numbers and things like that. And it just kind of was always this clash. It always became this money issue at the very end of it. And so I left my last facility. It was a really good friend of mine whose gym. He owned it. And we just, it it really like was a big fallout. And I kind of did some more soul searching and I kind of asked myself, what's the next step? Like, you know, what do I do here? And so I just basically decided I was going to do a, another year of, of personal training and, and nutrition consulting. And wherever it led me, it was either going to be into my into my own facility or, you know, back to financial world, which is what I did in the Marines for 16 years. Mm-hmm. And one day I was having a good talk with one of my clients who owns her own business locally in New Orleans. And she was like, Hey, I want you to meet my real estate agent. And I was like, uh, I don't know, you know, whatever. And, I sat down, um, and literally within two weeks after we sat down, he calls me up and says, hey, look, this old gym is selling their, their place, and you should come take a look at it. I came in. It was a little rough around the edges, to say the <laughs> least. Um, you know, we did a tour of the facility. I said, no way. I said, this is just this is way more than I'm bargaining for. Like, this is just a lot, you know, a lot to take on. And um, so we said no. We walked away two weeks later, the owner of the facility, the landlord and them, they called me and changed their offer. And I felt like it was too good to pass up. And I literally like, I literally, then we came in with a contractor and we said, okay, these are all the things that we need fixed. These are the things that we need to, to be operable. And here we are three and a half years later. So still, still rocking and rolling.
5: Awesome. All right. Yeah, yeah, cool. So it was like meant to be, you know, they didn't let I, you say no.
4: <laughs> yeah, they didn't. They didn't. I mean, we've been obviously through the ups and downs of COVID-19. You know, we mm-hmm. are in Louisiana. We had Hurricane Zeta that hit us last year. Yes. And then we obviously had the Category 5 Hurricane Ida that rocked our world, you know, literally just a couple months ago that we're still, you know, doing a lot of recovering from. But um, Right you know, yeah, definitely been, been through, been through a lot over these last couple of years.
5: Absolutely. So you, your facility is 12,000 square feet, right?
4: Yeah. We have, a, you know, just a little over 12,000, 12,084 usable square feet. That is actual gym area, locker rooms and training areas. So, okay.
5: And that's what you started with right off the bat, right?
4: Yeah. That's yeah. That's what we started with was that 12,000 square feet. Yep.
5: Wow. So that's, and, yeah, that's, a lot of space to take on right away.
4: It is, it is. Um, you know, um, the, the, the hardest part for us, you know, as a facility has been with all these, you know, COVID and everything is trying to find that melting point of our, our rent agreement, you know, like what do we yeah. do with all this space and how much we pay and what's applicable with the different phases that we had in COVID. I'm not sure how you guys, how Massachusetts did it, but here in Louisiana, mm-hmm. you know, American Trail was, probably the most stringent besides you know California and New York as yeah. far as what we were allowed and not allowed to do so it was definitely a lot of overcomings of like 25% capacity and then yeah. 50% capacity and stuff like that so
5: yeah yeah it was the same up in the in the northeast as far as that goes with the super limited capacity for such a long time and it's so hard to run a business at 25 percent capacity you know that doesn't cover your overhead oh, no. even at that point so right yeah super challenging um as far as your business model goes how do you structure things so what what do you offer are you doing um open memberships one-on-ones semi-privates group classes how does that work
4: So we started the facility as basically an open fitness center, you know, basically we're a membership based facility. Um, You know, we, we used to do contracts and non-contracts and then we'd offer paid and full memberships, you know, for a year at a time, Um, you know, but as things have transitioned, we're now just literally a month to month facility. Like we don't do the paid and full option anymore simply because we don't, I, I, I express that we don't have that control, you know, at any time, the mayor could call again and say, we're closed, you know? Mm-hmm. So with that being said, it's much easier for me to turn memberships on and off on a month to month basis than it is for me to try to calculate, Hey, you've paid three months of six months and try to figure all that out. So yeah. right now we're just a month to month facility. Um, you, we do offer, you know, one-on-one personal training and group training sessions with my exercise physiologists and trainers that I have. Um, but my guidelines to them is that all, Any any patron who walks to the door, regardless if they're a a trainee or a member, they're all members. Like, I'm an actual member of my own facility, believe it or not. I pay a monthly membership. Um, One of the things that I've always stressed to my employees and my trainers is that when you're working out in the facility, you're a member. You're not – you know, you're not – like, I try to tell people I'm not the owner when I'm working out. Like, I've actually – you know, I've had people come in and stand at the front counter while I'm in the middle of a workout. And they're like, do you work here? And I'm like, well, not right now, but kind of, sort of. Right. You know, <laughs> so, yeah.
5: Yeah, otherwise it, uh, it becomes impossible to work out. I remember that being in the facility, you know, it was like I had to go to a different gym to be able to work out because otherwise I wasn't getting a workout in, you know, maybe 10 minutes here five minutes there, but it was always like, you're always needed for something, you know? So absolutely. That yep. makes sense. Um, all right. So as far as your membership base goes, how many members are you currently serving?
4: Um, we have, um, you know, uh, with, uh, we have an insurance program and stuff. So total memberships around 1150 members, you know, about a thousand members pay our month to month dues. And then we have about another 150 that, are part of different insurance programs that we've collaborated with in the area, you know, that Mm -hmm. allow them, you know, where the insurance company pays the gym membership bill for them. Mm -hmm.
5: Okay. All right. Uh, And as far as acquiring new members goes, How do you do that? Are you based mostly on like referrals, word of mouth, the organic type marketing through social media, or do you do any type of paid advertising? How does that work?
4: Um, So one of the things that's always mind boggled me is that, you know, I, I, I'm a strong believer that I can't sell somebody a gym membership. Mm -hmm. You know, I really believe that. I mean, you, people walk into a gym to join a gym you know, um, if they're shopping a gym, I believe it's really just two things that they're shopping. They're either shopping convenience or price. And yeah. either we kind of meet that convenience or we meet the price point that they're looking for. If not, you know, then that, then I don't think we're the facility for you. Um, you know, so the only paid advertising legitimately paid advertising that I've really ever done is I've used Yelp. Okay. And, um, they have just, fundamentally, you know, from almost day one that we opened up the facility, I, I, somebody called me one day, kind of sold me whatever they were going to sell me. And I started buying into it and I started paying it. And then what I found is one day I just, you know, like I always ask the membership, like when people sign up, one of the questions that we always ask, how did you hear about us? Mm -hmm. You know, and a lot of people would say the internet. And so because they weren't very specific on what the internet really meant. I canceled Yelp for about three months in 2019 before the pandemic. And Mm -hmm. I remember I saw a significant decrease in membership base, like it's significant. And I was like, how are we like, what's, you know, how are we not making the same numbers? And it just dawned on me one day that maybe really the Yelp ad was working. So that's really been what we've done. Um, I don't know. Social media for us has just not been our niche. I used to pay somebody, you know, you know, money every month to run our social media campaign, if you want to call it that. And I mean, we saw a little bit increase in following and engagement, but we really didn't see an increase in membership from it. You know, I I guess Mm -hmm. I've never figured that piece out. You know, I'm not really, I mean, I'm a nerd to to a certain extent, but I'm not really caught up in modern day social media techniques, you know? So I really, so really like to answer your whole question, like, honestly, we're a a referral based gym. Like a lot Mm -hmm. of times people walk in and say, you know, my, my sister, my cousin, my best friend works out here. They talk nothing about, about this place. And here I am. Right. You know, so we don't do like, you know, we don't do a lot of the gym selling techniques that I've been, you know, like in other gyms that I've ever been in or been a member of, we don't do that. Like basically you walk in, you kind of say you want to join and we sign you up and you get started. Right. You know, it's not really a big process. No one, like very few people tour the gym and get this sales pitch. It's just really just kind of walk in, you know, they see around the, the, the square footage my facility is 12,000 square feet, but from the front entrance, the way that we're set up, you can almost see all of it. As soon as you walk in, like I took down all the walls that were up when I purchased the facility. So it's a really open Open, space. There's no like, you know, there's no rooms or anything like that. It's literally just vast open space. So you really can see it as soon as you walk in, you know, what you're getting yourself into.
5: Okay. All right. Very cool. Uh, So as far as membership growth goes, is that something that's on your mind? Is there a certain amount of members that would be ideal for you to have within the facility or is it more just kind of like you're cool where you are and, you know, whoever comes in, comes in?
4: Um, No, I mean, I've always had like a magic number. You yeah. know, I've always Most of us I, do
5: that's why I ask
4: <laughs> yeah I, I've always had a magic number um I've always needed a thousand members to pay the to pay rent to yeah. pay the facility which mm-hmm. is about where we're at right now you know and that's a big rebound from where we were um, we lost with the day we shut down which March 17th of 2020 with covid before April 15th we lost 500 members of our of our original wow. base Wow. Um, and that was the most devastating thing I've ever been through in my life. Like I've been in combat before with the United States Marine Corps and stuff like that. And yeah. to just, I mean, those phone calls and those emails as they came in was just heart wrenching, you know, every time, mm-hmm. but, um, but a thousand is, is that make or break point for us. And then I've always said, I don't want more than like 2,250, mm-hmm. you know, my facility can hold much more than that, Yeah, but you know, the one thing that we really have is I have two of everything in the facility, Mm -hmm. like everything that you can think of, I have two of it. And so I've, I've never want to see people like walking around the gym, looking for equipment to use. Yeah. And I feel like for some reason, like that's that number where that really starts to become an issue. Mm
5: -hmm. And I don't know
4: why it's just, you know, that's (laughs) that number, you know? Right. And, um, You know, so that's kind of like where we're at. So like 2000 to 2250 is like, I've always said, if we ever got to 2000 members, you know, I would cut membership signups off Mm -hmm. and I would do like a three month test to see if we lost, if we would lose our identity with anything more than that. Yeah. You know, and then if Mm -hmm. we, if we could handle another, you know, 200 or 250, then I would welcome that. And Mm -hmm. then after that, it would be a waiting list. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Just be a waiting list, like, you know, hey, look, we're at max capacity. You know, I'll call you. You know, if somebody cancels their membership, we'll give you a 72 hour window to come in and join, you know, mm-hmm. and, and we'll go from there.
5: Yeah. You know, yeah. Cause I, there's nothing more frustrating when you're in the gym at, you know, peak hours right after work and you can't get the set of dumbbells that you need and you've got to wait around and then, you know, it screws up your workout and it, right. it makes you stay at the gym for. You know two and a half hours rather than an hour and a half so yeah yeah i completely understand that trying to keep that um for your members to have the best experience anyway um Mm -hmm. but i mean from from now until there there's definitely room for growth to happen Uh, absolutely yeah awesome so other services within the business are you offering any other types of services nutrition accountability anything of that nature
4: well, we, we have a fully operational, uh, loaded tea and shake bar that we have inside the facility. So it's called G fit nutrition, ironically, right. Um, you know, so we have that and then we have, you know, our, our, um, we do meal, we do meal plans, meal preps. I'm a nutritionist. I'm the actually only certified nutritionist that we have in the facility. Um, so we offer meal plans and, um, and, you know, education and and counseling and things like that. And then we also have a chef that has her own business that does meal prep for anybody that wants it, you know, that wants to hire her services. We'd have a full, it's almost a fully functional um, facility. I have, you know, over the years of being an exercise physiologist, I have my own network of medical professionals that Mm -hmm. I truly trust and value that I would only allow to work on me and those same services are available to our members, and they do discounted rates. So we have a network of like we have chiropractors, massage therapists, um, cryo centers, dry needling, like anything that you may need to help with either recovery or you know physical therapy or things like that. We have all of that kind of covered. Where we have a network of individuals to help get you back where you're going, who understand. You know, most of those networked individuals. Like our actu- our acupuncturist is a gym member, you know, and the, yeah. our chiropractor is a gym member, you know, so they right. understand like, you know, like I don't want to give up the gym. I just need to get rid of this nagging shoulder or this yeah. forearm that's bothering me, you know. So mm-hmm. having that type of network, you know, um, you know, is another thing that we offer our members, you know, to make sure okay. that they're on the path to, you know, not not just quitting the gym because of medical concerns or ailments or injuries.
5: Right. Yeah, it so, allows you to kind of, you know, allow them to stay in the gym, but then also get the help that they need physically to continue. Absolutely. So that's great to have that network. Um, so then you're, you're also, you're a nutritionist, so you're able to offer the nutrition as well and then you have somebody to do meal plans so that's super convenient so how does that work as far as membership goes so is that something that people can tack on to their membership if they want to like if they want to work with you for nutrition is that something that's like an additional monthly cost or how does that work
4: usually it's just counseling so it's charged either you know by what type of service that it is that we're offering it's just kind of like our personal training. You know, everything okay. is done through packages or session prices, you know, whatever it is that they want to work with, with the individual or with myself, with the nutrition, you know, like I got do mm-hmm. an initial consultation fee. That's a flat fee. And then basically anything that you need from there, we discuss, you know, whatever that is going to be. So, but okay. to be honest with you, most of, most of my gym members, I offer my initial services for free simply because as a gym owner, my most important um, you know, that my most important asset is gym members. And my, yeah. more, my bigger asset is gym members who are getting the results that they want. Absolutely. So mo- most of my gym members who come to me with, you know, nutrition questions or exercise questions, or, you know, what do I do for this or that, you know, a lot of that service I do for free because, I want you to accomplish your goals because you accomplishing your goals is going to make your friends and family who see you more, more often, or when they see you during the holidays, like, Oh my God, you look great. What are you doing? Oh, I'm at G fit. Right. You know, and yes. that's, that's, that's a part of the whole kind of referral process and whatnot that we do, you know, that, un that right. unpaid marketing, so to say.
5: Exactly. Yeah. Word of mouth goes a long way. Results speak for themselves. That's for sure. Absolutely, you know, that's the best way to get catch some interest from some new people is by getting the people that you have the best results possible. Absolutely, yeah, yep. All right, so one question that I always love to ask every gym owner that I speak with is: if you could snap your fingers and improve one thing within your business right now today, what would that be, and why?
4: We need to add a sauna and why i don't know i mean <laughs> that is that is the first question every single person seems to ask me when they're trying to join the gym like do you have a sauna and i'm like well we don't you know what i mean like and mm-hmm. and it is it is one of my plans like it's been on my renovation plan since day 1 is to somehow uh, magically reshape my locker rooms into adding like a two to three man sauna or woman sauna inside of each of my locker rooms. Okay. But I don't understand like why it's so important to everybody, you know, especially because oh, as an exercise physiologist and a nutritionist, I know that the value of the sauna is not what people think it is. Like people literally think that they're going to go in this sauna and magically lose weight. Right. And unfortunately, unfortunately, that's not how it yeah. works. Otherwise, otherwise we'd all just sit in saunas all day. Right. right. Like I could do You know, but unfortunately, like I think that that's been implanted into so many people's mindsets. You know, like I need a sauna or I need to sweat in order to lose weight. But unfortunately, that that's I wish that's how it worked.
5: Yeah, absolutely um, right.
4: But yeah, that is the one thing. If if I could snap my fingers right now, like literally, I'm trying it. So hopefully, when I go back to the gym, (laughs)
5: there'll be saunas.
4: saunas. (laughs) Yeah, I mean that would. I mean, my whole. I think my whole life would change. I think if I like took a picture of the sauna and said. Come to G-Fit now and get your 20 minutes in the sauna. We'd have 2,250 members next week.
5: <laughs> there you go. That's right, your plan you for growth right there.
4: That's, that's it. Yep. Just one picture, <laughs> one post, and we're done. You know?
5: <laughs> Absolutely. That's so funny. And so why haven't you put them in yet? Just because the last year obviously has been insane. I'm sure that that right. has something to do with it.
4: Well, you know, we took a huge, you know, sales revenue decrease with COVID-19, you know, basically to the point where we, you know, had to renegotiate our lease agreement and Mm -hmm. make things copacetic with the owner of the building, you know, and then we're finally back at that magic number of where we're breaking even. So it's just, you know, unfortunately, you know, you know, being honest, like I was denied all assistance during Mm COVID-19. So unfortunately I didn't get that special EIDL loan. Um, you know, the United States government said basically G fit, you don't make enough money. How are you going to repay us? And I was like, well, I didn't know that that was a prerequisite to apply. Like right. I thought that you were helping all of us stay open and exactly. maintain whatever we were doing. And then obviously, um, you know, uh, we talked before the podcast about how you, you know, you ran your own business. Well, I've been the face of my business from day one. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately my payroll has been very minimal. So I didn't even rate a PPL, both PPL or payroll. Yeah. Whatever the PPP loans. So yes. I, I mm-hmm. didn't, I didn't get any of that stuff, you know, from COVID, you know, so right. um, I just, I haven't had a surplus of money come in to the point where mm-hmm. I could afford to renovate the locker rooms and Right. Do all that. I have, a, I have a much older facility. Um, My facility was originally built in like the nineteen sixties. Okay. So, like to be honest with you, in order for me to add saunas, I'm gonna have to, you know, up upgrade and update my locker room, especially mm-hmm. the showers. And like, there's some special insulation the showers are supposed to have now that I don't know anything oh, yeah. about. Just you know, so because of that, that's gonna have to get done. I mean, it's just. It's always it's money, you know. Yes. And it, it always comes down to money, you know. One of the things that I've learned as a business owner is that I never really understood how much it costs to run a business. Yeah. You know. Absolutely. I mean, I mean and I mean and that doesn't we're not even talking about. We're talking about operating costs. Let's talk about taxes, right?
5: Yeah.
4: <laughs> <laughs> like like there's just so much that goes into it. You know, Mm -hmm. people ask me all the time, you know, man, is this your dream? And this and that. And I'm like, I don't know if it's my dream, you know? And and sometimes, you know, I I ask the question sometimes, like, would I do this again? I don't know. Yeah. You know, I mean, obviously, if we didn't have COVID-19 and we didn't have the Hurricane Zeta and Hurricane Ida, I'm Mm -hmm. sure it'd be a much different conversation. But these are realities, you know? Like, these are things that, you know, we've had to endure. And I'm sure other businesses, even in different parts of the country, have other things that they have to go through. So I don't think Mm -hmm. it's just something that I've dealt with here in new Orleans um you know so I just I I know that it's just not an easy task like so when somebody says that they own their own like brick and mortar business I I take my hat off to them and just be like man I I know what it's like yes
5: (laughs) exactly I know I I always used to say or I mean even still everybody wants to own their own business until they own their own business you know it's like it sounds great But then once you do it, it's like, you just don't realize initially how much really goes into it. Like you said, like things that, you know, you just don't think about. Um, And especially a lot of times, you know, people get into personal training and they love personal training and they have a good base of clients. And then their clients are like, Hey, you know, you should start your own thing. And they're like, okay, you know, and they (laughs) open this facility and then you just get in completely over your head because you just don't realize that there's so much that goes into it so and i think you know that happens a lot and that's why you know gyms fail very often because a lot of times it's not thought of as a business and people that go into business in the gym just don't have the knowledge on that side of things to you know keep things up to date and and keep things running properly so that's a huge aspect of it um that I think just gets overlooked very often.
4: Yeah, um, I, I don't know if you've ever um, heard of the E Myth book series. Have you ever heard of that before? There's like a small business book by E Myth. I E-Myth.
5: think somebody mentioned it actually on the podcast uh, a couple of weeks ago. I believe
4: one of one of my really good friends used to be one of the E coaches. That okay. you know that you could that after you read the book or or bought the book or whatever, you know, there's coaching that goes along with it. And she did a lot of coaching for me for free simply because she was one of my clients. Mm -hmm. And I read the book and the book is phenomenal because the book talks about what you just mentioned. You know, it talks about how in a business, there's three people. There's the owner, the manager, and the worker. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, you're right. Like me, I was an exercise physiologist before I opened up my own gym. So Mm -hmm. I was the worker bee and I love what I do and I'm passionate about it. But I wasn't a manager and I wasn't an owner. exactly. Mm -hmm. And now I I try to wear all three hats and it is impossible to wear all three hats. And that's Mm -hmm. really what the book really focuses on and tries to teach you like, look, you know? And so like, even though I couldn't afford it about a year, a a little over like right after COVID happened like before I reopened up my doors I realized I can't be all three people as much as I want to be. And so I hired somebody to be my general manager. Yeah. You know, and Mm -hmm. and no matter how how hard it is to write his paycheck every two weeks, you know, it's he has made he's he's developed some type of sanity in my life Mm
6: -hmm. because
4: he can handle the things that I, you know, I can focus a little bit more on being a trainer at times because he allows me to do that. But yeah, exactly. the book is a great opening is an eye opener into, you know, that whole dilemma that we have about, you know, that passionate worker bee that wants to be the owner, but to mm-hmm. be honest, like you can't be, you can't be one oral. I mean, it can only be one. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and, 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 and it's really hard. It's really hard because you're right. You know, I did the same thing, like I guess, you know, you're talking about before, you know, in the very beginning of podcast, like I just was tired of gym owners trying to tell me how to be a personal trainer and how to run my own business. And Mm -hmm. so I was all just do it myself. Exactly.
5: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'll just do it myself and everything else at the same time. Yeah. That happens a lot. And it's hard to also, you know, not only, Sometimes write the paycheck to somebody else to pay for the the thing that, you know, you could just do on your own, but it's also hard to let go of some of the control as well, right? Because nobody cares about your business as much as you do. Nobody's going to nope. provide the same level of service that you do. Because nobody cares more, so it's very right. hard to step back and let go of some of the control and allow somebody else to come in and you know potentially make some mistakes or you know you always worry about the level of service dipping a little bit. Um, so that can be really hard too, but it's necessary for growth because, like you said, you can't do every single thing. You know, you can't do everything and then also focus on the next steps for the business you know it's you can't focus on the business side of things if you're always training on the floor um nobody wants to work from 4 a.m to 8 9 10 p.m and then sit down and look at numbers you know it's just it's it's too much so it's definitely uh required but it's it's hard to do you know easier said than done for sure
4: absolutely yep
5: Absolutely. All right. So as we start to wrap up here, where can the listeners find you on social media?
4: Um, so we're we're GFit New Orleans on Instagram. Um, just so G F I T and then New Orleans all spelled out N E W O R L E A N S. I don't think I've ever spelled that out like that. <laughs> um, and then we're GFit Nola like on Facebook and Twitter, um, and I think we have a TikTok. Um, that's kind of the one one realm I haven't really got into yet. I actually train a TikTok influencer, and it is amazing what TikTok is doing.
5: I know. It's crazy. Yeah. It's like the new it's- hot platform, and there's like all of these people who are just making crazy money doing right. crazy things on the internet. And it's like, yeah. it's mind blowing.
4: Yeah, so, it really is. Yeah. yeah I, I, you know, even like YouTube, like, uh, um, You know, like the Logan brothers, right? I think it's the Logan brothers or the boxing thing. Like now, like that's what they're doing. You know, yeah. the <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's just it's amazing all these platforms and what they've been able to do, and and how they're structured, and yeah, you know, and whatnot. Um, but yeah, um, you know, personally, like I go by Master G. Um, it's it's uh the the brand you see me wearing right now. Um, it's it's. Master G, aka Gunny, um, is how you follow me, like my personal training, my nutrition, my exercise programs, and things like that. I'm actually getting ready to launch uh, my own website um, into online type training, but it's a little bit different makeup than what I've seen out there. Yeah, Um, you know, obviously, you know, as as an exercise physiologist, a nutritionist, and a gym owner, I've kind of seen all these different aspects of things. So I'm trying to change how we go about things in the future because COVID-19 really opened up the door. We've learned, you know, through studies and through research over the last year and a half that people want hybrid models. Now, Mm -hmm. you know, um, people want to exercise from home. People want to do things on their own. They don't necessarily want to have to go to a facility. They don't want to be reliant on a facility because again, we just don't know what the future holds for us so that people are taking a lot more personal accountability of themselves. So you know, I'm looking at how do we offer that personal accountability, you know, that they can use either at home or in our facility or even in another facility, if that's, you know, the right. choice, you know, mm-hmm. um, we want to definitely, we we want to be more open to the idea that <clears throat> people can get our services and our knowledge and our abilities anyway now. Mm-hmm. know yeah
5: absolutely it's it's definitely uh picked up steam over the last year or so because obviously there was one point where people couldn't actually come into the facility but then you know during that time some of those same people who were in the gym before ended up really liking actually just working out at home and the convenience of it and just kind of being able to stay up to date on your workouts and not have to go anywhere to do it so providing that Uh, that option for people is huge. And then also beyond that, it also provides another stream of revenue for the business. And it doesn't, it's not limited by, you know, your area, your zip codes. Uh, You can help anybody from anywhere. And I think that that's something that's really appealing to a lot of people as far as the online platforms go. Alrighty. Awesome. So it has been so great having you on the show today. Thank you so much, Gunny, for joining us.
4: Aubrey, thanks. It's been awesome. Thank you so much for this opportunity.
5: Yeah, absolutely. And to all of the listeners out there, make sure that you subscribe so that you will be updated on future episodes of the show. In the meantime, make sure you keep killing it out there and we'll catch you on the flip side. Jim Lords out.
0: Now stick around for the rest of this episode.
2: Use coupon code Lords on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders.
7: What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Joe Fitzgerald, and joining us on the show are Trevor and Veronica McHugh of Vintage Fitness in Cadiz, Ohio. Guys, how are you today? What's going on?
8: We are doing well, man. Thank you for having us on. Appreciate you taking the time to reach out. Um, my wife and I are obviously at the gym, such as it is every day. <laughs> every day.
7: <laughs> <laughs> and believe me, the people that listen to this podcast, the gym owners, will will know they are probably at the gym too. And so, <laughs> guys, before we before we dive in on the business, the strategies, the tactics, and all the things you guys do from... A financial perspective give us first and foremost kind of how you describe vintage fitness what do you when people ask you what you do how do you tell it to them
8: I I think the best um, description of the gym is a blue collar gym I mean I seem to like using that term for the simple fact that this we're from a small town and like you said Caddis Ohio where everybody's working everybody is for a lot of years, this was a very um, this was an old coal mining town. So when the coal mines left out of here in the early '90s, late '80s, early '90s, this was it became a very I don't want to say poor, but people were very um, tight with their money, so to speak. Yep. This was a booming town in the '70s, um, movie theater, roller rinks, you know, all kinds of '70s oriented things. And coal mines left, so it wasn't a It wasn't an area that was thriving, you know, up until gas and oil hit. We had a big gas and oil boom here about 10 years ago. So blue collar, I think, is the best way to describe it. We don't have, you know, we don't have a lot of bodybuilders. We don't have a lot of power lifters, so to speak. Um, I think it's just kind of people who are trying to get in the gym whenever they can because schedules around, nobody works really nine to five any, anymore around here.
6: Fitness isn't a priority around here. Yes. So.
8: Yes. That's one thing that we're, it's it's in kind of an uphill battle that um, fitness isn't a top priority. So we try to keep things interesting, keep things, you know, relaxed to where somebody who's on the fence about training, somebody who's never really been in the gym because we never really, uh, Neil Reger from Barbells did really well with what he had. You guys spoke on a podcast previously. Yep. Um, so basically, we're just trying to keep the town interested, engaged, and kind of flip that script to make it a more physically fit area.
7: Yeah. When we, so many people that, that get into fitness do so on the premise of, I want to help people, right? And a huge part of that for you guys sounds like just getting people active right? We're not trying to pigeonhole people into you have to do CrossFit or you have to do bodybuilding. We just want to get people into a gym to focus on health and fitness in the first place. Now, specifically with vintage, how do we label that as a service, right? When we talk in the fitness industry, at least we've got kind of the the typical big box 24 hour anytime gold's gym sort of situation. We've got personal training studios, we've got group training studios. Where do you guys kind of fit in that puzzle?
8: I like to think, I mean, I'm sure my wife can attest to this. That I think we fit kind of right in the middle. I okay. mean, we don't we try not to cater to, I mean, I'm more of a lifter. Um, not necessarily powerlifting bodybuilding, but I so my kind of focus is gym equipment you know, trying to get guys who, trying to find pieces that, you know, fit the lifting people. So it's nice for her to be here because she kind of brings me back down when I'm looking at all these machines. And she's like, wait a second, what about the women in the gym? What about the classes?
6: Right. You know,
8: so, so it's nice to, I think we fit basically the entire demographic because we try to cater to all of them. You know, we have the classes, we have personal training. It is a commercial gym that's open 24-7. Um, and if you would see the facility, it's two, two stories, two floors. The upstairs, as soon as you walk in the door, is all cardio stuff. My wife has done a wonderful job as far as keeping it clean, keeping it nice, you know, appeasing to the eye, so to speak. Um, you walk down the stairs, we call it the underground it's block walls, concrete floors. So with the vintage name, we tried to keep it that it's not dirty by any means. More crunchy. Yeah. You know, try to keep it to we, we you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if you drop something, it's not going to, nobody's going to whine and complain, you yep. know, just every gym owner as well knows as well as I do that things will get broken. If it's not people's stuff, they tend to, you know, shy away from taking care of it as much as they would if it was theirs. Yeah. But I think it's it fits the vintage name all the way around. So we, we, I like to think that we cater to any sort of fitness person that there is.
7: Yeah, and, and typically that sort of atmosphere, that sort of almost culture that you describe is reflective of the people that come and spend money to be there. For the most part, it's it's a pretty good mirror image of local demographics in the first place. And so for you guys, what does that look like? How many people do we serve in total right now?
8: So our memberships are around, i like to think, uh, we're about 350 members, give or take. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially we made a big move two years ago here in February, right before the pandemic hit. Um, I think we've We, I think we had at one point before that, maybe five, 10 women, total girls, women. And then now I believe it is, we're right about a hundred. So what we've tried to do is the gym before was, it was basically dudes. It was an old school type of place. Um, so now we try to cater to every single person that comes in, which isn't easy sometimes, you know, like you said, we, um, it's kind of a grind as far as keeping things operating, keep it. If one machine goes down, you kind of got to bust your butt and and this isn't our only job. My wife and I both work full time. Uh Uh, okay. So that creates a little bit of a issue as far as keeping things. We have some great employees. I will say, um, got a great, uh, family support system where if something goes down and I'm not here or she's not here, um, even our members. I mean, I like to think that our that's the best part. And I'm not going to be, I'm not dumb to the fact that without the people here, we don't have anything. Right. So it's not like, we're not going to say we're self-made or, you know, it's all because of us. I mean, we put the time in, but without the people paying, wanting to pay, you don't have anything. So we have a great, we call it vintage family because I mean, it really does take a community to run this place. And I think that, this town, this area being small town is second to none when it comes to that. I mean, it's, we're very, very fortunate in that aspect.
7: Yeah. Well, you mentioned along the way there that at the jump, this was mostly a male dominated business, but the female demographic in that population has slowly begun to take up more of that ratio. Is that something that you guys are intentionally doing? Are you actively trying to, to make it more appealing to women now? Right
6: the classroom definitely helped um we added the classroom we have a few trainers in there doing like a zumba type class um so that definitely helped but also um i mean you're definitely right about the women are, are lifting more now they're doing you know definitely more of the heavier lifting so now that we have a bigger facility a lot more girls are coming in because at the old place it was it was it was a tight squeeze it was yeah. it was it was a small, that building wasn't meant to be a gym, but now that we have the bigger area, um, definitely seeing an increase in girls lifting, which I love to see. So, so yeah, yeah it's definitely because of the build- bigger building and the classroom, it's definitely bringing in, bringing in a lot more girls. So happy to see From that. From a
7: business perspective and the modeling of it, is the, the group training that you mentioned, is that a different level of membership? Are people paying more to, to have that available?
8: Actually, it's quite the opposite here. So we have a classroom, and it's 20 by 50. So my theory on it, whenever we moved down here was, if you're not going to use the equipment, you know, say, my mother, for example, she's not a lifter, but she wants to stay in shape. So all she's doing is going into that classroom. She's not wearing tearing on the treadmills, you know, wearing tearing on the equipment downstairs. So really, if you come into our facility and all you want to do is do classes, it's $10 a month. Now, with that being said, the reason we kept it that way is because this, the we tried to keep the classroom fees. So obviously, the instructor has to make her money, right, for her time and effort. So it's $5 a class. So I didn't want people to be paying a gym membership that they weren't using any of the equipment, they weren't using any, anything else in the facility. So they pay five in, in that, in that aspect, we can keep the classroom fees lower. So the trainers get their cut. I don't make the trainers pay a rental fee for the room. Basically it's the members themselves paying for it. Sure. So with that being said, now, once you step on a piece of equipment, you know, then we got to talk membership pricing, but for $10 a month. And if you use it, you know, three, four times a month, another $5 extra, it, it seems to bring more women in here, especially ones that don't want to use anything else in the facility. So there's 15, 20 women. All they do is utilize the classroom, which, hey, is great, because yeah. they're still getting in here. They're getting, getting in and out in an hour. Instructors are busting their butt. They're leaving here sweating. They have a good time. And I've noticed, too, that if you get them through the door, if you keep them pricing low, You know, all of a sudden they're appreciative of that. Most of them, at least, you know, so all of a sudden we come out with a, a new drop of clothes, hoodies, t-shirts, sweatpants, whatever the case may be. They're more apt to purchase that because they know they're saving money on the top end. So they are more willing to support and buy apparel, buy drinks, buy supplements, buy me, whatever the case may be. They want to spend a little more money. We're doing them a favor in turn. They're helping us out too.
6: And yep. a lot of the times they see that um, the gym's not so intimidating because a lot of the times that's where they start out or the classes. So then they they actually come into the facility and see, oh it's not it's not as intimidating as I thought. And then they up the membership to an actual gym membership. That happens a lot too. So
7: okay. And so you guys are intentionally are setting that mm-hmm. low. I don't think I don't I mean, it it doesn't sound like it's news to you or or anyone that that is far, far below industry statistics when it comes to a group membership sort of idea like this? What is the general membership cost?
8: So depending on duration of the membership, so if you do a year, it is $23 a month. You set up a card system, you know, it pulls automatically. Six months is 30. One year, or excuse me, three months or less is 35. So like you said, I I will agree. And we've had people from other areas that come down here and they're like, I can't believe it's so cheap.
6: But this is a small area. And I mean, we have to do what we can to get some people in and, you know,
8: so. Yeah, and that's That's the ultimate goal is to get people through the door. So, sure. Sure. and I think that we have sort of an advantage because we don't take any revenue from this building. You know what I mean? This, yep. this and I will say that I own the gym prior to meeting my wife. So when you explain this to somebody, especially from the outside, it's it's kind of tough to wrap your mind around, you know, that you spend all this time, money, effort, and the ultimate goal is obviously to see that return, but we don't have to have it right now. So yeah, absolutely. I,
7: I appreciate that point because nobody starts a business with the intention of not taking money ever. Everybody that I've ever spoken to, if I ask them, hey, are you okay with making more money than you do now? Obviously, the answer is yes. Oh, naturally, so right? At some point, the idea is cool. We want to get to a point of producing some sort of return. And so that, that segues us really, really well to the idea of growth. I mean, you guys mentioned that the goal is to get more people through the doors. Talk to us a little bit about What marketing is for you guys? How are you attracting people to join or to have more members join?
8: I think first and foremost, social media is a huge marketing tool that we utilize. And me, personally, I am not any good at it. Um, So up until I met my wife, which I had owned the gym for about two years, give or take, I was no good at the social media aspect. You know, and I think that's more of a... not being stereotypical but I think as a woman she relates more to that you know she can sit do the fancy writings on the post she can the pictures you know and and pictures speak to people so you post a picture of a shirt you know I would just hang it on a hanger and hang it off a dumbbell and it would that would be my that would be my hey we got new shirts come buy them well now you know we're doing different designs we're doing different logos the the pictures even you know we walk around she walks around for about 20 minutes and tries to figure out the perfect spot the perfect angle the perfect lighting which you know
6: and then we do giveaways um yes we we have a lot of you know we do a lot of giveaways just to try to we have people you know do the whole algorithm thing have somebody tag someone else you know just to just to get it moving and little things like that so
7: absolutely and and social media is and should be a huge part of what we do the reality is that people looking for gyms, whether they're in Ohio, whether they're in Miami, whether they're in LA, anywhere, the reality is that they're probably going to do one of a handful of things and that's Google it. They're going to go on Facebook. They're going to go on Instagram right. and if they right. so like- come up on those things. Then they're probably going to find another gym. Understandable. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. And, and so for you guys, that's become a real mainstay in how you get the word out about what you do with social media specifically, is that more on the organic side, posting content, posting videos, posting articles, blogs, whatever, or have you ventured into the paid side of social media with advertising?
8: Uh, we haven't paid for anything on social media. Now we have paid for, we've done a couple billboards um, just to try. We actually, we partnered with a, uh, there's a local uh, butcher in town that we've done, so We kind of tag things as far, you know, we labeled it beef up to where we, um, because obviously, Uh, obviously, yeah, obviously (laughs) nutrition and fitness go hand in hand. So it's one of those things where he benefited. If you're a member and you show your tag down at the shop, you know, he gives you 10%. We have a supplement place in a near who a local guy opened up in the next town over. Um, You show your tag there you know he's got our signs up he's got we have a very good relationship with a lot of the businesses in town yep. um and that coming from a small town is very beneficial so word of mouth and i think is and then being right on the main the main drag here i mean people drive past you see it the yep. window there's no paper on the windows there's no it's all open people see it people see the people coming in and out um so really that has been one of our key factors here is just being in sight when we were looking to move we looked at a couple of buildings that were kind of off the beaten path um not that nobody would ever find it you know but it was one of those things where one
7: extra step to find it is a big difference and join in right. a, a gym it, though
8: yeah and especially if
7: and I say it again if you're
8: on the fence about something if all it takes is one thing to turn somebody away it doesn't matter if it's if it's um, location, if it's pricing, especially from a small town um, where fitness isn't the main objective. It does not take much to get people out of the realm of wanting to join.
7: Yep, agreed. And and the reality is, marketing in a small town market has got to be different than marketing in a, a larger metropolis sort of area. And so you do rely on partnerships. We do rely on where can we make the most of our time, right? If we don't have a ton of money to assign to an advertising budget, how can we still get new leads coming in without necessarily just throwing thousands of dollars at it, right? We have to get a little bit more creative. And even if we are to assign money to something we need to make sure that there's an ROI coming back because the budget's tight right That's yes. just a reality at the end of the day absolutely for you guys with the facility that you have in this in this new space, you say the goal is to get more people through the doors. We're at right around three hundred and fifty now. Is there a target? How many do we think we can handle? um
8: like you said i I like to think that the sky's a limit our population here is about. Three thousand people, right in Caddis. Here we got a couple of small towns that, you know, people kind of filter in through. So I like to think that, and my goal was never to pull from anywhere else but Caddis, right? So it's not. I don't want to compete with a Planet Fitness. I don't want to compete with it any time. We don't have one in town, which works to our advantage most of the time because if you want to go to one of those places, you got to drive twenty plus minutes. Now, if you make that commitment and you want to drive, listen. I I understand there's obviously nicer places out there. So I'm not one to hold some sort of grudge or be salty that, you know, someone wants to travel. But at the same time, I like to think that this facility offers everything that one would need. Now, is there obviously more? Of course there is. I mean, that just comes with, you know, fitness is ever growing. So some of the equipment, some of the and you see these videos of guys doing and some of these fancy machines. Trust me, I would love to have that stuff. Yep, But I think we, I mean, every few months we try to bring a new piece of equipment in. Um, it's one of those things where I, I tell her, hey, I found this piece and, you know, there might be a grumble. There might be a, there might be a, do we really need that kind of thing? And it's I try It's
6: usually to, another chess piece, so- No, it's you know. not
8: all, It could be arms <laughs> too, but, you know, typical, typical dude fashion. Um, so I like to think we, we and to a point where we keep people interested, you keep people happy- yeah. Um,
7: and that, that's one of the most fascinating things about fitness is like, you don't need to have a multimillion dollar facility to really, really deliver a great service. We can have some used beat up stuff and still have a solid business.
8: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think majority, I would say 90% of our equipment is secondhand. Right. And I tell you what, the guys here, they love it you know, I bring in a piece that it could be 10, 12, 15 years old, and you bring it in, and, you know, wipe the dust off of it, and these guys are ecstatic, man, you know what I mean? Vintage fitness. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I don't think I've so yet... Can get away with anything. Exactly, exactly.
7: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we pride ourselves on... Being That's vintage. right. And, and so, guys, for you, I mean, we, we've kicked around the idea. Obviously, we want to share this with as many people as we can and really grow the population. What's the the big picture vision for you with this? Where are we trending towards years down the line?
8: I mean, depending on,
7: I like to think that our facility now is
8: the space wise. I think we have enough to upgrade a little bit. I think we have enough room to accommodate more members. So I think down the road, if we could, you know, get more people involved, get more people active. I think if there was another space available, I think we would move later, but after I mean, it, moving a facility like this is a chore. I mean, it requires all hands on deck. I'm I'm still paying back favors that you know, some of these young kids I'll be like, "Hey, come help me move this piece of equipment." Yeah. And it's not and not it's not like moving a house where, you know, somebody picks up the pillows or the lamp. I mean, all these pieces are heavy. Mm-hmm. So to to make another move would be I don't see it out of the realm of possibility but for the sh- for the short term here next 5 10 years I think as long as we keep the facility you know you try to upgrade equipment you try to and I think honestly like you've spoke on as far as it doesn't have to be this immaculate place with this brand new equipment I tell my workers all the time you keep it clean you keep towels stocked you keep drinks stocked you get some new apparel. People come through the door, so I think. in being from a small town, it's all personal. Yeah. If you don't, if you know, somebody walks through the door. You know, I either went to school with their parents. I know their grandparents. We played ball together. We, you know what I mean. So,
6: I and think, he lets them know. <laughs> well, I
7: mean, a, a, a brand new dumbbell and a thirty-year-old dumbbell weigh the same amount, man. And, and that's mm-hmm. and that's kind of our our
8: thought process on that is, you know, you keep. Keep people engaged, keep people interested, and you be polite. And I think that's one big thing. We don't have a lot of egos here, right. which, you know, you walk into certain places. And not that there's anything wrong with it. I love the, the, the sport of bodybuilding. I love the sport of powerlifting. But along with those lines, if, again, I will use my mother as an example, my mom walks through the door and sees some dude slamming, you know, 600 pounds, blood running out of his nose, cussing, hollering she doesn't want to come into that sort of place, you know what I mean? Yeah, because that's just warm-up weight for her. Well, exactly, exactly. <laughs> I mean, between the, yeah, I, I mean, if you really dug down in and, and that's mentally, why the
6: separation helps a lot with yes. the women because when you first walk in, it is, it's, like I said, it's all clean, nice, that's where all the cardio equipment are, and you walk straight back into the women's classroom. And then to go into the underground, you go down the steps, into the basement, you Know where yeah. all the grunginess is, so that <laughs> helps a lot because the last building you walked right in and you walked straight into the pit with everyone lifting, and you know, so that's I mean, women have told us that's why they haven't right came in, so yeah, so that has helped it's got out a, a lot. A little too. bit of
7: separation, and so yeah, guys, as mm-hmm. we kind of start to approach the end of, of our time here, I've got one kind of final question for you guys. You mentioned that you both have full time jobs outside of the gym has the idea been kicked around for you guys to come into the gym full time at any point, what would that take for you?
8: I mean, I, honestly, for her, it would be more realistic. My work schedule isn't ideal, but I think for her, it would be beneficial. We've tossed it around, but luckily after the, after the pandemic, she's able to work from home a couple of days a week. So tech, that helps out a lot. Yeah. So we set her office up here. And, um, She's able to kind of do double duty as far as, um, you know, and it's not, she's not taking away from her work. So basically, we have workers during the day, during the evening. Um, the facility is open 24-7. Obviously, we're not staffed 24-7. It's not something that needs to be. Um, but if there was ever an option, I think she would be able to. But for now, it it works because there is some flexibility. So... Now me, I would I would like to, but I'm pretty sure she would uh she would nix that real quick.
7: Yeah, well, I mean, at at some point if the gym is making the kind of money that you want it to make, not a, right. not a crazy right. reality, right?
8: I, I mean, I like to think maybe not here in the next 10 years, but you know, maybe 20 years down the road that that's, Yeah, that's <laughs> retirement age, of course. Yeah, yeah. So, probably be working until I'm seventy. But <laughs> that's kind of that's kind of the way of the world right now. So, yeah, I would like to think at some point one of us would be able to, if not both. But for now, I think we our workload is to the point where we can kind of juggle both things. Now, some days are a little crazier than others, but yeah. I like to think that especially with her, from the standpoint that she kind of she didn't sign up, I mean, she did sign up for it. But her goal was to never have a, gym she just happened to acquire it
6: into it right
8: right so she has sacrificed time effort money just like um just like i have so i give her more credit than me because it wasn't yeah she didn't she didn't know what it all entailed and she's she's took it in stride and she's done more than enough to you know make this place successful and she wants to keep it see it grow because she knows that's the bottom line it's a love of mine and since she loves me. That's kind of been
7: kind of <laughs> got to be her love too. We hope that's the case at least. And so, well, that's,
8: that's at least what I'm going to
0: say all the gym
7: owners that tuned in, make sure we know how much, uh, how much our partners are are contributing to what it is that we do now, guys. It's uh it's a pretty good place to wrap this up. Where can people find out a little bit more? Is there a website?
8: Um, We don't have a website anymore. We used to, but we didn't get the hits like we thought. Sure. So Facebook, Instagram, I think the Instagram is vintage fit caddis, um, C A D I Z C A D I Z. That's a, it's kind of hard to, uh, (laughs) to pick up on that spelling sometimes. Um, and then Facebook as well, it's just, you search vintage fitness and you will find us. We put updates on whether it's apparel or classroom updates, um, new equipment. We try to keep, we don't want to, we're not putting something out every day to try and clog that timeline up, but whenever there's something important, um, my wife, puts that on and keeps it keeps it classy keeps it cool so
7: that's perfect well guys i i definitely appreciate your contribution here and and seeing how your mind works when it comes to running the business side of what you do i absolutely appreciate your time and and i'm excited to see what the future holds for vintage here as you guys go forward well i appreciate it yes thank you very much i appreciate all your time man absolutely and so to everyone who tuned in we appreciate you as well don't forget if you want to be notified about future episodes hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the industry, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lord's out.
0: Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com.